In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, and that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. These days of Advent are indeed days of great joy as we prepare for the Lord's coming and to celebrate Christmas. And part of the joy of Advent always is December 12th, today's feast day, Our Lady of Guadalupe. I think we would do well to accompany Our Lady, to go to Our Lady in our preparation for Christmas and, and to, to strive for holiness. That is what Mary wants for us. Because to be holy is to be happy, is to be with her son, Jesus Christ. And that was her desire, clearly, back in these days of 1531, when she appeared to that wonderful holy man, that peasant, Juan Diego, now Saint Juan Diego. And let's take a look, let's journey with him in those days. We have a wonderful account by a contemporary who wrote about, well, the apparition of Our Lady of Guadalupe. And, and as, we, as we go over this account, uh, of course, we're here to pray. And we can learn a lot from what Our Lady said to Juan Diego and, and, and his reaction, his response, uh, and the bishop's response for that matter. And so, Lady, accompany us and as we make this time of prayer here in this beautiful chapel here in Manhattan. And in a way, let's go to Mexico. Let's go to Guadalupe in our prayer, to the Villa, and attend to the voice of our Blessed Mother, which is what Juan Diego did, which will lead us to Christ. That's what Mary wants for us. On a Saturday just before dawn, Juan Diego was on his way to pursue divine worship and to engage in his own errands. A normal day for this 55-year-old Juan Diego. As he reached the base of the hill known as Tepayek, came the break of day, and he heard singing atop the hill, resembling singing of varied, varied beautiful birds. Occasionally, the voices of the songsters would cease, and it appeared as if the mount responded. The song, very mellow and delightful, excelled that of the Coyotototel uh, and the Tisankan and the other pretty singing birds. So there are some words here in the native language of the area. I'll try not to uh, belabor the, the point and hurt our, our time of prayer here. But thankfully, there's very few. This is a nice, wonderful translation here in English. But anyway, just the context already, the apparition of Our Lady, it's as if God wants to draw the beauty of creation into this wonderful scene that will unfold. 
Isn't it nice that Our Lady is preceded by this, the beauty of these birds, the singing, the way this historian describes what Juan Diego must have related. That's good, the creation. God wants us to rejoice in creation. It precedes the, this apparition of Our Lady, this, this something divine that is going to happen. And that's appropriate. It's so beautiful. Juan Diego stopped to look and said to himself, by fortune, am I worthy of what I hear? Maybe I dream. Am I awakening? Where am I? Perhaps I'm now in the terrestrial paradise which our elders had told us about. Perhaps I'm now in heaven. Such was Juan Diego taken by the singing of these birds. He was looking toward the east on top of the mound from whence it came the precious celestial chant. And then it suddenly ceased and there was silence. He then heard a voice from above the mound saying to him, Juanito, Juan Dieguito. And here too interesting, Our Lady's voice is preceded by silence. Is God perhaps implying in this, in this scenario that we need silence to hear the voice of the voice of God or to hear the voice of Our Lady? Yes, we need silence. We need to listen. And in our hectic lives, so often perhaps we are lacking that silence. Well, let's seek it out. Maybe even, that's one of the silver linings. You read articles, people's commentaries about these you know, difficult days of the pandemic, COVID-19. And well, one of the silver linings we're hearing about is a certain calmness, certain silence that people, if they take advantage of it, a certain silence they find in their lives. And I think people have learned to pray a bit during these days. We should too. So in any case, it seems as if silence is necessary for Juan Diego to hear Our Lady. Or even maybe that she's waiting for a certain silence. Maybe our Blessed Mother wants to speak to us, but we're so noisy in our thoughts, in our preferences, and what's important to me. Maybe she doesn't have any room to speak to us, to call us out with this with this affection like she did to Juan Diego, Juanito, Juan Dieguito. And the guy's 55 years old and he's, he's Mary's child. Mary sees him as, her, as a child in a good way. Then he ventured and went to where he was called. He was not frightened in the least. On the contrary, he was overjoyed. Then he climbed the hill to see from where he was being called. He climbed the hill. For us, in a way, for us to attend to God, to hear the voice, or our Blessed Mother wants to speak to us, we'll have to work at it a bit. We'll have to climb the hill. We'll have to make an effort. We'll have to take time to pray. We might be tired, distracted, frustrated. We have to climb the hill. We have to get there. Lord, help us you know, to, to, to do that. Uh, certainly, Mount, even Mount Tabor, for that matter, those three apostles, they had to climb the hill up with Jesus to see the, to see the transfiguration, to see the glory of God. They had to go up that, 
that hill, that, that Mount Tabor. And here Juan Diego's got, he's got to make an effort to see this woman, this voice that he's heard. When he reached the summit, he saw a lady who was standing there and told him to come hither. Approaching her presence, he marveled greatly at her superhuman grandeur. Her garments were shining like the sun. And it goes on to describe the beauty of this woman, the Blessed Virgin. Maybe in our prayer and imagination can go there. Or the, the image of Our Lady of Guadalupe itself, beautiful image. As we know, as the story will unfold, literally as the, as the tilma will unfold, we'll see how beautiful she is, or get a sense of how beautiful she is. She said, Juanito, the most humble of my sons, where are you going? The most humble of my sons. God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. Am I approachable? in the eyes of God. Can he approach me? God resists the proud. Again, if I'm wrapped up in my own things, my own world, my own preferences, it's, it's hard for God to approach, to ask of me something to, well, as we'll see, like Mary, she's going to make a request of Juan Diego here, a challenging request. Is God able to make challenging requests of me? He might want my whole heart. Am I even going to give him a chance? Juanito, the most humble of my sons. Mary, help us to be humble so that God can speak to us. He replied, my lady and child, I have to reach your church in Mexico to pursue things, divine things, taught and given to us by our priests, delegates of our Lord. Can we say that Juan Diego had a certain plan of life? He was willing to... He made the effort to be formed, to get formation. That's where, he's, that's where he's going when this happens. Good lesson for us there, too. It takes effort to, to learn our faith, to live our faith deep, more deeply. Prayer, spiritual reading, praying the rosary, examining our conscience at night, getting to Mass, the most, most beautiful thing. Spiritual direction, confession, Am I making an effort to reach the church, which is the mystical body of Christ, to pursue things divine, like Juan Diego? She then spoke to him. And here's, in a way, we could almost the key quote of Mary during these days of apparitions, because it goes over a period of about three or four days. But this is the one we... I think can benefit so much from what, what is she here for? What is she doing? Why is she appearing to Juan Diego? What does she want? She spoke to him. Know and understand well, you the most humble of my sons, that I am the ever-virgin Holy Mary, mother of the true God for whom we live, of the creator of all things, Lord of heaven and of earth, I wish that a temple be erected here quickly so that I may there and exhibit and give all my love, compassion, help, and protection. That's what Mary wants to do. That's what, you know, this temple that she wants to be, have built, it's not that she be you know, honored for, as if she was some sort of celebrity. No, she wants to help us. She wants to show her love, her compassion, her help, and her protection. 
I know perhaps many of you have been to La Villa de Guadalupe there, just outside of Mexico City. There it is, and she's there waiting for us in a way that's beautiful. If you have a chance to get there, what a great pilgrimage that is. Because I am your merciful mother to you and to all the inhabitants of this land and all the rest who love me, invoke and confide in me. Listen to their, I listen to their lamentations and remedy all their miseries, afflictions, and sorrows. Indeed, Mary is a true mother the mother of God and our mother. That was my Marian devotion. Do I have a sense of these words that she, that she makes, or this promise, this, this offering that she makes, her, her love, her compassion, her help, her protection? Do I allow Mary to, to deal with me in this way? Again, prayer, uh, devotion to Mary, maybe to, uh, praying the rosary. There's, we're not obliged to pray the rosary, but what a beautiful prayer it is. Perhaps we have an image of Our Lady in our room, on the wall, or in our wallet. Or, and maybe we have a favorite image. This is some, some, a go-to picture of, of our, our love, Mary. She wants to show her love and compassion. And then she gives him a mandate. And to accomplish what my clemency pretends, ordered to, go to the palace of the Bishop of Mexico, and you will say to him that I manifest my great desire that here on this plain a temple be built to me. You will accurately relate all you have seen and admired and what you have heard. Be assured that I will be most grateful and will reward you because I will make you happy and worthy of recompense for the effort and fatigue in what you will obtain and what I have entrusted. Okay, here's a mandate. Go to the bishop, work, be courageous. It's not going to be easy. And you will get a reward. And of course we know from God, from our Blessed Mother, we're not hoping, expecting some earthly reward. You know, Juan Diego's not in this for a, a new house. We know what reward Mary's referring to. It's much like our Lord promised the apostles. Remember after that rich young man walked away, sad, because he had many possessions, he wasn't willing to give God a chance. And then afterwards, the apostles, Peter, said, well, Lord, what about us? We're trying to follow you. We've left everything to follow you. And our Lord makes that great promise a hundredfold in this life and in the next with persecutions. Yes, joy on this earth, yes. And a hundredfold in the next life as well, in the eternal life. So let this, let's listen to Our Lady. She wants us to do that too. She wants us to give everything to God to be totally united to God, to be open to God's will in our lives. She wants us to be happy eternally. Behold, you have heard my mandate, my humble son. Go and put forth all your effort. I think this harkens back to the wedding at Cana. Behold, you have heard my mandate, 
Go and put forth all your effort. What did Mary say at Cana? To those servants, in this case, it's to Juan Diego, her humble son, she says. What did she say to those servants at Cana? Do whatever he tells you. Jesus is right there. She's told him, hey, they need wine. And Jesus seems to delay her to, well, it's not, not, not my hour. And she just turns to the servants. Do whatever he tells you. And, and to Juan Diego, you've heard my mandate. Go and put forth all your effort. What did those servants at Cana do? They filled them to the brim. Good for them. Obviously, after Mary said, do whatever he tells you, Jesus said, okay, fill these jars, there's jars, fill them with water. They fill them to the brim. They put forth their best effort. Just like Juan Diego does here, like we should. When Mary says to us, and she does, do whatever he tells you, well, let's do our best, our work, our sanctified work, our relationships, our friendships, our service. Yeah, she's constantly saying, you know what, do whatever, t- listen to Jesus. Do whatever, t- and what is Jesus saying? Pick up the cross and follow me. Be the grain of wheat that, that falls to the earth and dies. Love one another as I have loved you. You've seen me wash the feet. You too must wash your brother's feet. Learn from me, for I'm meek and humble of heart. Yes, Jesus is pretty specific about what he wants us to do. And Mary will help us. At this point, he bowed before her and said, My lady, I am going to comply with your mandate. Okay, he's going to give it a try. He went to the city without delay. He went straight to the bishop's palace. What a great example there. Juan Diego, prompt obedience. Okay, maybe tomorrow or next week it'll be better for him. No excuses. Let's do what God wants, let's be prompt in what we should do. And then there's a certain um, delay, to say, there's a long wait, this historian says, and maybe he was getting frustrated, maybe he said, eh, maybe this is not the time. He may, maybe excuses started to roll through his head. Well, they, they're not going to let me see the bishop, I, I'll come back some other time. And how often that happens in our lives, and maybe just little things, yeah, I should pray now. No, I'll come back some other time. It's not going to work right now. No, prompt obedience, the duty of the moment. And then they finally let him in to see the bishop. As he entered, he bowed and unbended knees before him. And he delivered the message from our lady. He shows respect for this bishop. Now, the bishop isn't the one who made him wait. It was his servants, but still, he was, could have been frustrated with, with the hierarchy. And we can get frustrated but we always have to have that respect, the higher instituted by Christ. Yes, we're called to love. Christianity is about love. And some theologians like to, to compare St. John to St. Peter. St. John represents love. He's the one who had his head upon our Lord's breast at the Last Supper. He's the one who preaches about love. God is love in his epistles. With his love, he's one who recognizes Jesus in that appearance the third time he appeared to them after the resurrection, at that miraculous catch. Peter fumbles along in a way. He's the pope. He's the first pope. He, he, he represents a hierarchical structure of the church. 
And John shows a great deference to Peter. When they go to the, open to, to, when they go to the tomb, John is younger, he gets there first, but he waits. He waits for Peter. A certain respect there. Juan Diego bowed bent, on bended knee before this bishop. Let's pray for the church. Well, the bishop naturally, I suppose, we could say, he listens to him, but it just seems so incredible. Okay, you will return, my son, and I will hear you at my pleasure. I will review it from the beginning and will give thought to the wishes and desires for which you have come. Maybe we could interpret that as sort of putting him off. That's the way Juan Diego interprets it. He left and seemed sad because his message had not been realized in any of its forms. He almost seems like he failed he, in his mandate that he'd received from Mary. But, well, we have to be patient. Things always don't turn out the way we wish they would. God reminds us in Scripture, my ways are not your ways. Indeed, Lord, we have desires, good desires for the church, for our family members, uh, for our, our financial situation, for our health, health of others. Yes, we have good desires. And it might seem like the message is not realized, like Juan Diego experiences here his first meeting with the bishop. Well, keep, we have to keep going like he does. He'll keep going. And we too have to keep praying. And the ultimate goal is heaven. We always have to remember that. It might seem like everything is a disaster, but the ultimate goal is heaven. Let's keep our sight set on heaven. Suffering, like St. Paul, remember he wrote, writes to the Romans, I consider that the sufferings of this life are not worth comparing to what God has prepared for those who love him. Wow, let's love God. And so when we suffer, let's remember, we're aiming for eternal life. So no matter what happens in this brief life here on earth, we have to have hope, we have to have faith, and perseverance. We're not naive and we don't um, act as if it, we hurt. We do get hurt and people get hurt and it's painful. So it's not that as if it doesn't exist, but let's just keep it in perspective. Well, Juan Diego then returns to Our Lady, explains what happened. It seems like it was a failure. And he even, see, and here he, Juan Diego's going to start to think a little too much on his own. It can be dangerous when we think on our own without having listened deeply to what God has said to us. Because remember, Mary gave him the mandate. He recognized her. She said, I'm the mother of God. So she's clearly you know, supernatural. But what does Juan Diego say? Well, um, you know, basically, maybe this is not, uh, not for me to do this. My lady, uh, I beg that you entrust the delivery of your message to someone of importance, well-known, respected, and esteemed, so that they may believe in him. Because I am a nobody. I am a small rope, a tiny ladder, the tail end, a leaf, and you 
my lady, the least of my children, because he speaks to Mary as a child. She appears to be a child in a, in a certain way. You send me to a place where I never visit nor repose. Please excuse the great unpleasantness and let not fretfulness befall my lady. He wants, he's trying to pass the buck, basically. Excuses. Not for me. I'm not good enough. I'm just a nobody. Well, no, we always have to try to count on God, on God's strength. Like St. Paul, he'll, that's what he ends up doing, really. I am the least of the apostles, he says. He does recognize himself as a sinner. I can do all things in him who strengthens me. That's where we have to look at, at the mandate that God gives us as we try to sanctify our work and push the, the church forward and help people see the truth and the beauty of the church. Of course, there's people much more eloquent than all of us here. That, but that's beside the point. God has said, you, you go out. The, the harvest is great. The labors are few. You, you be a labor in the field. You pray for your friends. Sacrifice for your friends. Talk to your friends. I'll take care of what, needs to, what they need to hear if we're praying, if we're sacrificing. God will take care of our apostolic efforts. And so we can't try to pass the buck like, like Juan Diego here at the beginning. And, so, and then he, he rectifies, and he says, okay, he'll keep going. So Juan Diego keeps trying. He listens, very good obedience. My lady, let me not cause you affliction. Gladly and willingly will I go to comply your mandate. So he's, I'm still here. And um, so he makes this, uh, again, effort to see the bishop. He says, well, basically the bishop says, okay, look, I need a sign. Okay, I, the bishop has goodwill, but, you know, I don't know, maybe a lot of people come with these ideas about, hey, I guess what, I had an apparition. So he's, he wants a sign. And, um, and so he's going to go back to the hill, and they're told... The, 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 the servants there in the, in the palace, the bishop's palace, told to walk, you know, be with them to watch over him. And um, you know, once he's going to go get this sign, that this thing, this place he's talking about, this hill, and they started to follow him, but um, they lost sight of him as they crossed, crossed the ravine. They searched everywhere, but he could not be seen. Thus they returned, uh, not only because they were frustrated, but also because they were hindered in their intent, causing them anger. And that is what they informed the bishop, influenced him not to believe Juan Diego. They told him that he was being deceived, that the bishop was being deceived, that, that Juan Diego was only making up what he was saying, that he was simply dreaming what, what he said and asked. And they finally schemed, these servants, they schemed together, that if he ever returned, they would hold and punish him harshly. Well, let's not be surprised. We'll face opposition. If we're trying to follow the Lord, and Jesus, remember, he said to Peter, yes, a hundredfold, houses and fathers and mothers and, and all this stuff. With persecutions, Jesus adds in there. So we shouldn't be surprised. It's like St. Josemaria, he was called to start up his day, and there, he never complained about it, but you know, plenty of opposition. That's, it's the way things happen so often and when someone's trying to do God's will. In, in point uh, 14 of, 
of the way, he says, don't waste your energy and your time, which belong to God, throwing stones at the dogs that bark at you on the way. Ignore them. Basically, do what God wants. Don't worry about those people who are slandering you, impeding you. Just go forward. Don't throw stones at the dogs that bark. And don't make excuses either. Excuses, he also writes in the way. You'll never lack them if you want to avoid your duties. What a lot of rationalizing. Don't stop to think about excuses. Get rid of them and do what you should. And that's what Juan Diego does. He puts away those excuses and he keeps going forward, even when there's this opposition. Okay, well, at this beautiful apparition that we celebrate today, December 12th, Juan Diego goes to the top of the hill, Our Lady, after trying to avoid her because his uncle is ill and he wants to get a priest for his uncle who's maybe dying, although the appointed time was... um, set to meet Our Lady, and she sees him. She, as the, as the, as the historian says, he, then he rounded the hill going around you know, to avoid Our Lady. So he could not be seen by, 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 seen by her who sees well everywhere. That's the way to put Our Lady, she, she loves us. She's watching over us. She, she sees him. He saw her descend from the top of the hill. That must have been quite a sight. You know, flying down the, the hill there. She approached him at the side of the hill and said to him, What's there, my son? Where are you going? Was he grieved or ashamed or scared? He bowed before her. He, he saluted, saying, My child, the, the most tender of my daughters, lady, God grant you are content. How are you this morning? Is your health good, lady? I'm going to cause you grief. And then he explains that he was going to avoid her and go you know, get a priest for his uncle. Well, sincerity. That's, in a sense, he, okay, he wasn't doing precisely the will of God, and, and he's, well, he says so. And then really make excuses. So, I'm sorry, my lady. So we too, that, that's a good example for us. Just say what's happening in our lives, and, you know, and spiritual direction and confession. God, our, God loves us. Our lady loves us. St. Josemaria said to Jesus, we always go, and to him we always return through Mary. And she's basically, I'll take care of it. She says, don't fear sickness. Because he explains that his uncle was sick. And she says, nothing should frighten or grieve you. Do not fear that sickness, nor any other sickness or anguish. So even now in these days, these difficult days of COVID, we should not fear. We should trust in the Lord. The practical application for us. Well, she gives him the sign, these roses. He gathers them in the tilma. He brings them to the bishop. He opens it up. And there's those beautiful flowers fall to the floor. And, of course, on the tilma itself, that beautiful image remains. Well, a great lesson for us. It's like Juan Diego, just listen to, <laughs> listen to the voice of God. And Mary can be a great intercessor, uh, intercessor for us. Again, like she said to those the servants at Canaan do whatever he tells you. Well, listen, yes, listen, listen to Mary in a way. Having devotion to Mary, beautiful books written about Mary, artwork, 
I mean, there's a beautiful statue there in the Met here in New York of, of Our Lady from medieval times. Our Lady with our, the child Jesus sitting on, on her lap. And Jesus, you look at it, well, that's, that's unusual. Jesus has these big ears. It looks a little weird, a little, yeah, weird. And then you, you read the, the, you know, the explanation. That's, that's what that artist was doing. It was typical. That's, what, that's not the only statue that had those bigger ears of Jesus. He's listening to us. Mary, in a sense, puts Jesus before us. And, and he's listening. He makes it obvious in the, in the statue there. He's, he's listening to us. Let's pray. Let's really pray. And in a way, we too will be able to present a beautiful bouquet of flowers to God and to Our Lady. St. Josemaria said the, the little sacrifices of daily life, moments of prayer, little things can be like a flower we offer to Mary. That's a nice, perhaps a nice way to look at it. And look what happens. It's beautiful images there. Of course, the bishop believes. He's repentant even. He asks Our Lady for forgiveness, his lack of promptness in believing. And, and we have this now beautiful Villa in Guadalupe there in Mexico. What's most beautiful is the conversions, the, the hearts that have been moved by Our Lady. In a way, if this, again, if it's possible to go there. Or even here in New York, it's on 14th Street. It's there today. You can see the devotion of the people there. Our, the Basilica of Our Lady of Guadalupe on 14th and between 8th and 9th Avenues. Boy, you see the faith of the people there. Well, we, in our way, should express our gratitude to Mary with a life of faith and, and an, a, a, a willingness to do whatever our Lord tells us. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations that you've communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.